Here today with Tristan Cunningham, Cunningham as I pronounce it, right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, I, I'm, I'm glad I didn't mispronounce that. That was that was great. Spot on. <laughs> that name, though, sounds like a historical figure. Like you're, well, you're a moment in history back in like the 19 or 1800s and changed the tides of everything. But no, actually, you are an actress. Uh, you also entertain, well, not just entertain, but you inform people on social media. You have a, such a presence on TikTok. Like I'll say that's how <laughs> I even found out about you was uh, I started going on TikTok okay. uh, again. I started giving it another chance. And well, well, because when I first opened the app, all I saw was just people doing random dances, lip sync dances to songs or doing really stupid stuff, stuff like set yourself on fire or dance outside of a car and all that, all that crazy thing. So I had no right. faith in TikTok, but I realized <laughs> TikTok is much more than that. Yeah. At the very start, the first thing I saw on TikTok was two political sides going at each other. Like it was just stitches and duets of Democrats and Republicans, like throwing insults at each other. And it was, I, well, I get why, cause I opened the app up in the week of the election. So that's where I would um. probably expect so much of this. <laughs> and then you showed up with the video about Texas going blue. And I'll, <laughs> I'll actually be honest. That that same week, I was also working on a charity called Extra Life. It raised money for local children's hospitals by doing like fun, silly entertainment. Mm. And so I was not as focused on the elections as a lot of people were. Mm. And so when you uh, put up uh, Texas going blue, I'm like, oh, Texas going blue. And then I just put on a blue. I actually reacted to your video. I put on a blue sweater that I would never wear again. <laughs> That's just sitting there for no reason. Reason. and uh mm. where i was just being very literal yes texas is going blue i'm from texas and i'm right blue look now. at this and i got blue on yeah well that video that's really interesting um that you bring that one up because there was obviously a lot of controversy because it didn't end up going blue so there is afterwards and it was funny because i you know we know what texas is it's a red state we all sort of know that or it has been yeah. for many many years um and it's not one that has flip-flopped recently as as you know i'm speaking to you and you you're there but um, I think when an article popped up and it said, and, and it was talking about Texas potentially going blue. And I got so excited that I just made that TikTok um, because that wasn't even, you know, it's not something that I thought was in the realm, but to think that that could possibly happen, that there was that strong of a want for change was so exciting to me. And then of course I got a lot of backlash of like, see, it didn't, and da, 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 da. but I responded to that in the way that like, how exciting that it was even a conversation, right? Like that, that converse, that, that there was numerous articles about it potentially happening was so exciting to me. So a lot of people were like, that video didn't age well, or like shame on you. And I was like, I didn't feel that my, I, I'm proud of my excitement about the, the chance of it going blue. So it's it's been a controversial TikTok though, for sure. Well, that's the thing, lady. When you do TikTok videos about politics, you're gonna get into that. That's just uh, something yeah. you open the door for. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And as you know, I mean, there was a lot of you know, if you jump into political TikTok, it, there's some bravery there because there was there was some strong feelings, yeah. <laughs> um, and people were not. You know, I think when you're behind a keyboard or your screen, you'll you'll say things that you might not say to someone's face. And so there was a lot, there was a lot of things that were said. Um, so 
yeah, it got politically, it got, it got heated, but I will say one thing, cause I have, you know, I, I obviously am on TikTok and I, and I enjoy it. And there's some hilarious videos and yeah. political videos and all that. And there's some stuff that happens that's not cool on TikTok too. Um, but I would say in the, during the election, it was my source of finding news because people were so fast at posting stuff. And then obviously I would do my own homework and look it up myself. But like it, I was learning about things like politically on TikTok faster than even watching the news myself because so many people were on it. So in that way, it was kind of exciting for this election because it was like, is that true? Obviously you should do your own homework and look things up. But yeah. I was finding out things like this. I don't know if you had the same experience because people would post it. Well, actually I did, but I for something else like i i when i did my uh our recent episode this past week uh i, I me and uh, my co-host we were talking about thanksgiving because thanksgiving mm -hmm. happened and something that i discovered on tiktok right after i celebrated thanksgiving was people telling me to not celebrate thanksgiving and that's mm -hmm. due to some historical context regarding Native Americans and the real history behind Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And I had one side go, oh, you don't care about God and family? How dare you not celebrate Thanksgiving? And I made mm. a video saying, you know, look, look, not everybody celebrates Thanksgiving. They're there for the worst intentions, even if, yeah, you should know your history, right? I mean, most yeah. people who celebrate Thanksgiving today, they all they think about is, hey, I get, I get an afternoon, an evening, or a day to spend time with family. And really, yeah. I don't see that contributing to what happened with indigenous people. But, yeah, I, I think it's, yeah, yeah it, it's controversial, controversial uh, for sure, because um, I think it's common to celebrate things and maybe not know the meaning of it. Yeah. Um, I'm guilty of that as well. Um, yeah, as yeah. I got older in my life, I'm like, oh, that's why we celebrate that. I had no idea. I thought it was just like a Hallmark holiday, you know, where we do these things. Um, I would say my, you know, my personal opinion, I, I kind of changed the name of Thanksgiving to uh, my day, happy day of gratitude and awareness, because as I get older, I'm learning about where it came from. Yeah. And I think it's good to just, I don't think there's anything wrong with breaking bread with your family. It's something we don't do enough. And if you have the resources to do so, please do so. Obviously, this year was really tough because of COVID. But if you got to be with your family and it was safe, like, oh, my gosh, and you got to break bread and eat turkey together, that's a beautiful thing in my eyes. And maybe take a moment to talk about what you have gratitude for. Like, please, we should do that more often. We should probably do that every day. But I do think it's important to know what you're celebrating because I think some people are like, oh, we're celebrating when like pilgrims and indigenous people collaborated. And that wasn't quite what happened. So I think it's, uh, that's not what happened at all. Yeah. So I think it's good to know that, but I think it's okay to celebrate being with your families, you know? Yeah, the, well, the, what I was saying is that we're not obligated to, to celebrate any of these holidays. If there is a holiday we feel uncomfortable with or a way we celebrate the holiday we feel uncomfortable with, I mean, you should be free to just say, you know what, I'm going to skip this day. I'm going to do something else. Or or as you said, Absolutely. change it to calling it something else. And honestly, I where I look at holidays today, I look at them as glorified ads to shop for food, eat a lot of candy or buy things. Absolutely. There's so much profit yeah, involved. Yeah. I see it more business than I even see it as something culture, cultural. But regardless, yeah. that's that was in relation to what you were just saying. That was just something that I experienced. And yeah, TikTok has been doing a lot of that. It, I mean, it's lived to some other things as well. I've interviewed someone who uses TikTok 
to talk about anxiety and depression and how mm. to heal yourself from that. And I think it is a tool where you just create a video and within a minute and you can do that for anything. It's opened myself up to realize that it could be more than just the goofy uh, music videos that I would see a thousand times. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. I think there's like one thing I've noticed that I like about TikTok. I will say I do spend too much time on it because I'll be scrolling yes. and I'll be like, whoa, I've been on here for 45 minutes. Like get up and do something else. But um, so that's my one like Achilles heel with TikTok. Um, but I will say I, I've noticed what you're talking about. There is a sense of community and obviously it's distant, um, but we all should be distant right now. Um, and it's not a, a, a real person in front of you, you know, so there's that aspect of it. But there is a community, you know, I've seen people lift people up. I've seen people just post videos where they're not in a good place. And I've seen the TikTok community like lift them up. And that's really cool. And then also just like the way, because it targets so many people so fast, like videos get shot out to so many people you're right like awareness around certain things I've learned again you should look it all up yourself but like I've learned so much or like heard someone speak about anxiety or depression in and in a way that because that's not um depression is not something I have struggled with so I'm I'm a little bit ignorant about it or not familiar with it and so they've spoke about it in a way where like I hadn't quite understood it like that and it opened my eyes you know so that's like I think there are some beautiful things about TikTok on that level yeah and even for you as an actress that's your current as not occupation uh, current profession uh, yeah I, I mean i did like beyond tiktok i've seen a youtube video where you dressed up as an old lady uh, trying to scold clones of i don't even know what the heck they were no i i, I got the intention <laughs> from it the old lady well well okay let, i'm gonna get back to that but i want to mention the other okay thing. let so. me th i've done a lot of videos so it's absolutely possible i play a lot of characters so i'm yeah. trying to think no but no, it, did I it, climb through a TV? Yeah, you went through a TV. It was like friends. Yeah. Some, it was, some people put on friends. Claudette Coleman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was like a video to kind of, she was actually the, before Rosa Parks um, refused to give up her seat, she did. And I think a lot of people don't know her, no, don't know about her. And, and she was, I won't get into all the details, but she was um, darker skinned and also was, um, ended up um, being pregnant sort of soon. She might've been pregnant at that time or soon after. And so they decided that she wasn't in a good place to be the face of the movement. And and Rosa Parks was, was not replaced her, but became the face of the movement of not giving up her seat. Mm -hmm. But actually Claudette did it before her. She was on the bus with a, another woman who was pregnant and the bus driver, um, there was no seats in the back of the bus. Mm -hmm. And so they sat in the front and the bus driver asked them to get up and her and the woman refused. To to do so. And so the bus driver pulled over the car and, you know, said, you need to give up, get up. And she refused. And so he said, okay, you know, I'm going to call the police and the police had to remove her. The woman who was pregnant, who sat by her, there was a African-American gentleman who gave up his seat for her. So she moved to that seat, but Claudette refused to get up. And so she was arrested. So she actually refused to give up her seat first. And a lot of people don't know that. Not that it's like, who did it first? But yeah. I think it's important to know she was very young at the time too. It was, you know, she, that, it was really, you 
you know, she's an activist. And so I think through that video, we're trying to like bring her story to light. Although we did it in a very abstract way. <laughs> yeah, you did through popping out of Friends or the logo mm -hmm. of Friends. Not even the show, like just right at the logo, she disappears out of the TV. Uh, yeah, she climbs to the TV, lets them yeah. know. Because basically the premise is it's a, it's a bunch of Caucasian, um, I guess kids, but they're older than that, college student age. It's I did in collaboration with one of my friends who've been protesting and they're tired. And so she climbs to the TV and is like, don't tell me about tired. Like, get, get, get back out there. And they're having like a friend's break. And then the last tag of it is like, you know, friends is a stolen concept. So anyways, yeah. look on YouTube. You can find that video. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I thought that was, that was a fun video. I mean, especially since like all of them looked alike. I mean, you all had fun with the green screen and multiplying. Yourself. We did. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to do videos, you know, in the time of COVID and, and, you know, still do what, still do what you do as an artist, yeah. but make it safe. And yeah, it can be challenging. Thank God my friend Ross Travis, who did it is, is can do green screen stuff. All I had to do was just do my stuff in front of a green screen and then I sent it to him so oh wow so you did it like at the comfort of your own house and somehow we did we yeah, did cool. we just yeah. kind of like guessed where you know how for me I like recorded his lines and then I would like play it and react to it it was a whole it's a whole this whole COVID being an actor trying to create materials a whole sure. new thing I mean, you're, go you're going through a lot of hoops right now just trying to keep yourself going I mean I hear a lot about how Hollywood is trying to, uh, oh, hold on. I am so sorry, lady. No problem. <laughs> you probably heard some of that. The, my, my cat and my dog, they were uh, knocking along. So I have to put her in this room, put her in timeout. She's, uh, oh, yeah, oh, she, geez. yeah, she's not being good. So, uh, that's, oh, no. Some little, some little okay. pet, pet drama in the house. Pet drama. No problem. I, I started a cup of coffee. So I'm just going to rest. <laughs> right. I'm back. Okay. Back to where. I was at gosh where was I at I was I was distracted by hey, animals I can't remember either no you might okay. actually I'll, I'll oh you're talking about Hollywood yeah so besides the video that you made you were also an actress in a few things probably the oh my gosh probably the <laughs> one that's gonna stand out to people the most when they look you up on imdb is lethal weapon though oh yeah. the tv show now yeah i i heard great things about the tv show <laughs> or, or you disagree with that no not at all okay i i love that now your cat is gonna accompany us it's perfect okay <laughs> i really like it um oops all right go ahead go ahead <laughs> i honestly i don't mind at all little animal insights for us um no so the reason i was laughing is because because um, that was the first television show I ever booked was Lethal Weapon. I believe it was like about two years ago. And my it was amazing. My scene was with Damon Wayans. I grew up on In Living Color. So are you still there, Chase? You want me to keep going? You want me to wait for you? No, no keep going. I, I'm feeding my cat. Was... Okay, no problem. So I grew up on In Living Color. I wanted to be a fly girl. It's what I think it's one of the most genius shows in, in television history. Um, so my scene was with Damon Wayans, and, um, which was amazing. I was beside myself but the reason I was laughing is because it ended up getting cut 
in the end. So it never was on network television. We shot it. We did the whole scene. I had the time of my life, but it never made it on television. They ended up calling my manager and telling her that they had to cut the scene. They ended up cutting that whole section of that episode. So I was cut out. So never, but I, I still, in my heart, I still have my scene with Damon Wayans and I hold, it holds a place in my heart forever. But yeah. How do people watch it? Like if, if you have it on your IMDb. Yeah. So basically if you, if you, and this happens to people, People a lot in my position because right now what I sort of book more often is co-stars and that's where you have like one to like five lines or guest stars where you have you know a little bit larger of a part when you're recurring that means you're in more than one episode you're not going to get cut out but sometimes with co-stars and guest stars you take you you get cut out in the final cut it happens quite a bit so it's a good thing to remember because um, I've had friends tell a thousand people that they're going to be on television and their scene got cut and then they're sort of in a weird position they're like I didn't I didn't see you um so luckily I didn't I hadn't really told anybody and you from my knowledge maybe other actors out there know I've never seen it and I don't think I can get my hands on it I think once it's cut it's cut you know they they're, they're moving so fast with shows like that that they probably don't have time to be like here's your scene that we cut you know so but if like- anybody can find it find my scene with Damon Wayans, please. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's just that when, when people look up Lethal Weapon, they're like, holy crud, she's in Lethal Weapon? Oh, man, I got to find that out. <laughs> now, there are some people yeah. who know about the OG Lethal Weapon, so they look at the TV show as like, oh, man, not the Nell, the Nell, I say Nell, Mel Gibson. <laughs> or, or Mel Gibson, yeah, the old yeah, one. Gibson. It's based off of that yeah. that that movie, obviously. Yeah, there's another. I just um, did a not just. It was a, it was before COVID, so a while ago. I shot on the Fugitive show, and it's it was another like show based off of because the Fugitive. No, the Fugitive was a TV show. No, maybe it was a movie. I can't remember. I, I remember a movie called. I think it was a movie. Fugitive. Yes. Yeah. So I think it was another like movie, and I think it w- might have been around the same time frame. So I'm like, okay, I just keep getting these like shows that. Are based off of older movies and I'm fine with it. But that was another one. People were like, wait, what? The Fugitive? And I, between you and me, I hadn't even heard of it. I had heard of. of, of I have not either. <laughs> uh, I know there are movies called The Fugitive. I think there are pl- multiple movies called The Fugitive, or at least they have the there Fugitive. Might title. The Fugitive there might be. There might be. But I know this name. new yeah. uh, show uh, yeah. was with Kiefer Sutherland. And so oh, at least oh. I know that one with Kiefer. At least I know the one with Kiefer. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm in the one with Kiefer. So we're good. <laughs> well, I think that's actually good, though, that you're in these recognizable, I, or at least these I IPs that have been recognizable in, in some degree because uh, yeah. it's I would imagine it's even harder for an indie actress to get themselves out there than it is for someone who is already in which you're in from what I've seen I think you're in uh, California or yeah I live in LA yeah. yeah so yeah but yeah it's tough you know it's hard to get yeah it's hard to get your your foot in the door for sure for sure so if you have anything recognizable it, it, it's helpful you know if they can see that and be like oh you we're in that you know it just helps but at the very least hopefully right now as you we keep mentioning COVID and how to work around it you're you haven't been terribly affected by it as far as your job uh like you're not struggling to find work hopefully not uh because yeah yeah yeah, I've been, you know, I feel really, we, t- we talked before we started recording, but yeah, I feel really blessed. I know, you know, it's a tough time for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, like, I, I definitely feel like my route in this is is lucky, but that's also because, um, you know, a big, sh- when, it, when this first happened, I had a realization about being an actor and about, you know, you see these sort of essential workers and stuff like that having to work, you know, we, the whole, everything shifted, but if you're just looking at jobs, 
jobs, you know, someone who works at a grocery store, all of a sudden we realized how essential that is and how important that job is. And like the risk they were taking to make sure people got food, you know, and we don't even go into doctors and nurses and things like that who are risking their lives, literally. So I had a lot of questions of being an actor and is it important? And am I serving people by being an actor? Am I serving myself or my community or my family? And I think that's what shifted me. You know, I've always been a political person. I've always taken a lot of pride in growing up in a family that really valued voting and valued learning yeah. about politics. Um, and But I think what happened is it really shifted for me that I need to use my platforms and I need to use my ability um, to vocalize for a political change. So that's why on TikTok, I started, when I first started, I was doing dances. I also do circus. So I was like juggling knives and doing stuff like that. If you scroll, yeah, go way, way back when. But then I started using my platform. Um, it started being more politically focused and started using my voice in that way. And that's COVID. I always was there, but COVID really knocked it into gear. Like, how do I serve my community as an actor? And obviously, you know, I, I did a Home Depot commercial that probably didn't serve my community quite so well. But the work that I'm in control of, maybe it did, maybe people really, really enjoyed seeing me in that commercial. But the work that I'm in control of and that I write and that I film myself, I, I can take, you know, I can use that work for hopefully to inspire people or for change for the better. And that's hence the Claudette Colvin video. Like a lot of people don't know who she is. So let's use our skills to try to inform. So yeah, that was, yeah. that was my hope with COVID, you know? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know you could like clone people. Like I, I was watching that, like more than even the message behind it, I was watching that video, like, okay, who, what, what laboratory hatched like three duplicates? <laughs> yeah. That's props to, to Ross. He did a lot of, you know, he filmed them all separately and then you like splice them together. There's, I won't tell, you know, movie secrets, but he, he put a lot of work into that. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think collaborating with people yeah. is, is, is important. You know, you got to find people who are on the same page as you and that, you know, I, I personally work really hard. I take pride in working really hard on the things that I, that I put out there as far as videos, you know, TikTok is obviously a little bit more laid back. Sometimes I'll just put it on and talk, but um, I think, you know, collaborating with people who also work as hard as you and have the same vision or have, you know, um, the same sort of inspiration around doing work is important, you know, cause some people want to do videos where it's like based on them looking beautiful or something like that, which is totally great. But I, and, and I like doing that too. I like feeling beautiful, but I also am really yeah, interested in, don't even uh, well thank you that's the um it's like you you don't need makeup on to look beautiful oh well thank you yeah um and yeah and i love that and it feels good and sometimes i just post pictures just so people like it so i can feel like good about myself but i also am interested in using platforms to um to have your voice be heard or yeah. maybe potentially lifting up somebody else's voice you know you know you mentioned being a political focused well not even political focus but very much very much interested into voting and also speaking your voice out on politics which you should uh, i mean you have that right do you see that though in the either in the filmmaking industry or at least some industry some place that you worked in where people have looked down <laughs> on like they're like you we were going to hire you, but because you're a liberal, we're just going to, I'm not saying sure. that's what you are. I'm using just a general example, which I, I, great I hope that is not, I hope that is not a factor and, and yeah, racism too. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. So it's a great question. And in the beginning of, of sort of this time of COVID, but also this, like, we're in like the middle of like a civil rights movement, you yeah. know, as well. There's just we're in the a lot. Middle of several civil rights. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, there's a lot going on right now. Um, 
Um, and so I had, I had representation because as an actor um, in Los Angeles, um, it's uh, to me, it felt important and essential to have representation. So a manager and I have an agency and a commercial agency and I had representation sort of um, prior to this asked me to not voice how I felt about certain things specifically um, uh, focused on um, the election, but also focused on um, George Floyd. And that wasn't a request I was comfortable with. So I think as, and so I, I shifted where my management is because to me, and, and I totally respect their request. They didn't want me to potentially lose a job because I voiced my political views. And that is a real fear. And I get that. But to me, I had to sit with it and ask myself where, where my heart lied in all of that. And look, I am an actor. I am, I work hard. I have studied, you know, I went to a four-year yeah. conservatory for theater arts and film. I have studied. This is my profession. This is what I do. But I am a, a human being and I'm a Black woman first. Yeah. And so to be asked to not vocalize that, for me, I'm not willing to do that. I will be respectful. I will, um, you know, try to be aware of the things I'm putting out there and how they could affect a, a potential job. But at the end of the day, um, using my voice is essential to me as a human being. And I'm a human being before I am an actor. So that's what it kind of came down to for me. Now, I've posted videos where I have said, you know, that um, our, our prior president or the president who's going to be the president until January 20th, I have said videos straight up where I have called him racist. Those That's a risk because let's say somebody is casting something and they're a Trump supporter. They might look at that video and say, I'm not going to work with her. Big risk for me as an actor, but for me, because he, in my opinion, he was so foul and 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 so racist. I it felt important to me to say it, and I did it in a creative way. You know, I did a video where I was pretending to be his speech coach, and you know, and where he said, "I'm the least racist." I was like, "Oh, it sounds like least. You're you're yeah, saying least right. instead of most." Yeah. So I tried to do it in a creative way. I got some backlash for that video and, and some other friends who are in the profession that were like, that's risky. But for me, I think, again, using what I'm calling my, my skills or talent to, to, to call someone out um, on something that I think is a glaring issue and is a huge problem, um, it felt like the right thing to do. So again, it's a risk. I don't know if that answers the question, but yes. No, no, it does. <laughs> and I think it's kind of an interesting thing to ask when, especially now that you're trying to make sure you keep working or at least that you can pay the electricity bill or I don't know yeah. if you also live with someone to help you out or because I mean living is expensive progressively expensive and more friends of mine are actually doing roommates and all that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's perfectly okay, like, for someone to say, you know what, maybe I, I can't afford to live by myself. Yeah. Regarding all this, though, I was kind of curious because this is a discussion about actors and actresses in Hollywood in general, and yeah. especially that you're in Hollywood. I mean, you've probably heard the hashtag Oscars is so white or Hollywood is so white yeah. and that they keep pretty much prioritizing awards when it comes to folks of colors, specifically about slavery. Like if they, if you're a black woman in a slavery movie, then you're already on the Oscar nomination. But if it's anything else, if it's like a drama or a comedy a musical that has nothing to do with slavery or anything that's like a, a white savior type story, for some reason that that's just kind of secondary. I even remember when Get Out came out and yeah. they, they even had a news article or something 
that was Ren, where some of the Oscar, the people who vote on the best movies, they chose not to vote or see Get Out because they felt like it wasn't Oscar worthy. I know as a white guy, I'd be like, okay, well, it's not my, I don't feel that because I grew up with a multicultural group of friends and I never once felt like their lives were less important. I know they're, as I get older, there are more things I don't know about. I mean, I just mentioned Thanksgiving, but I never put myself in that sense that I think America is perfect the way it is. I don't. In fact, I, I'm someone who didn't even celebrate 4th of July, which that would be considered non-American, but I stayed my butt at home and did not shoot any fireworks. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Again, I think it's like knowing what you're celebrating you know yeah, it's an important yeah. thing but yes your your question about the oscars it, it, and that kind of stuff i think it's a we're in a really um for me it's an exciting time because these things yeah. are being pointed out talked about and called out and um you know i think it's huge because especially in this line of work where already let's take let's take you know race out of the question the equation yeah. there's huge positions of power and people serving those people you know what i mean they're from producers to director to casting director you know what I mean and and the actors are at the bottom of that and that's um already a factor when you get a job you're already sort of coming into it like grateful for getting it and not wanting to burn the bridge because it is so hard to work you know, definitely for someone at my level, but even for people at the higher up level, you know, you hear these stories where actor actors that we know of and seen a lot were like, yeah, I didn't get that part. It's like, you didn't get the part? Like you're still struggling or not struggling, but like still, you know, not booking the things you want. So I think already there's a dynamic for actors where we're at the bottom of the totem pole and that's tough. And then, then, you know, that makes it hard to advocate for yourself to say, hey, I'm being treated differently because of the color of my skin or because I'm a woman or you know because of this that and the third or I'm not comfortable with the with the, with the context of this part it, it's hard you know I've been in situations on set where I wasn't comfortable and it took me like an hour to say something because I was so nervous about burning the bridge or losing the job or not working with these people again or coming across you know there's especially as a woman of color there's all these stereotypes that you're like a bitch or hard to work with yeah. uh, sometimes when you're just advocating for yourself um, and of course there are people of every color skin that are hard to work with that is obvious but I think that label gets put on women of color a lot and so so that that's already a dynamic I think it's hard to advocate for yourself and then we got to look at the stories being told yeah I think for myself so recently my friend wrote a pilot where he asked me to play the lead and this character is goofy and she's clumsy and she's I won't say much about the pilot, but it's the world might end and she doesn't know what to do. And so she's like, puts on a bike helmet and she doesn't, um, and I've never, and, and, and I love this part. It's in my nature. It's like where the writing just, it's not even writing. I, it's just me. And, and you rarely get these parts where they just flow through you and you're like, I'm this part. And I realized I've never gotten to play a part like this. I, I, I'm a nurse. I'm a cop. I'm a meat. Like I'm tough. I'm this, I'm that because we don't see black women as these parts. And so I think we have to go back to the stories that we tell when you, the most sort of black movies are usually about slavery or about being, you know, uh, raising white children 
or about driving Miss Daisy or about, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. those are the black, quote unquote, black films that we see the most. And so I think it goes back to the stories we we're telling and, and who, we're, who we're putting in each story. Because obviously, yes, slavery is a story that needs to be told. Yeah. But I think we need to see different different races telling all stories, right? There's not like, like we can, we, you know, I can play a goofy girl that's not perfect. Like I can do that, you know? And that's why I think shows like Insecure, where we were seeing Black women in different light, like it blew people away because we don't ever see that, you know? So I think it goes back to where we see people in stories. And can we, can we get out of these sort of boxed in visions of who gets to be what story yeah and i think as, as you said we're seeing a change of that and even with this year i think the movie that i just really adored uh, jingle jingle that's something that was just kind of even just by casting before even giving in the the musical numbers and the production and everything but it was a christmas holiday movie on a, a large budget probably 100 million or so okay uh, with a mostly black cast in the lead and that was just something very special that was put on Netflix. Yeah. I mean, Netflix I've has the it. money to do anything. And I <laughs> I think they've got yeah. more. I mean, again, I don't know everything that goes on uh, that gets put on Netflix. There is there's something these streaming services will need to figure out once they get to the point where they have just so much content that uh, yeah. you have to kind of search through it all. But I'm sure Netflix has even more stories with creative, with uh, people of color in the lead uh, that are either on film or television. And I'm again, I'm still discovering as they go, but that was still, that was a big one, a really yeah. big one uh, recently because there there hasn't been a Christmas movie like that. And yeah, I'm, I, I was just really it. happy to see that. And, and just I told. My co-host is also a black woman too. Uh, mm. And I told her about it and it was just something, even though we can't see each other right now because of COVID, uh, we live somewhat close, but still a little distant. But it was just great just showing her that and having her be able to watch it for herself. But, yeah, I think it's huge. Yeah. You know, we, we also talk about, you know, externally those boundaries are put on us about what we get called in the room to audition for. But it's also, I had to, there was a lot of things, this goes back to even when I was studying acting in school. Yeah. There's a lot of things that mentally I wasn't saying that I could be in either. I didn't think Shakespeare was for me. I didn't think I was smart enough for Shakespeare. I hadn't really seen a lot of black people do Shakespeare. And so I didn't quite see myself there, which is complete BS. I love Shakespeare. I did it a lot before I moved to LA. I, I'm fantastic at it because I'm a physical person as well. So I think it's also about, I think it's about, look, I think it's about representation as well. And yeah. people take representation for granted. If you've never had to question seeing yourself in different lights, right? Like in different positions, then you don't know what it's like to never see yourself in certain positions. And I was just having this discussion with someone about Kamala because um, I was, you know, I didn't realize when she was elected, you know, it, and, and I actually saw her do the speech. It's when it hit me how powerful it is to see that type of representation when, when you've never seen it and, and, you know, seeing the young women in my life and, and the young kids in my life, seeing her and knowing that they're going to grow up. That's the first vice president of their lifetime. 
that they're going to see, right? Like, like our younger generation, that's so powerful. Yeah. So I think, you know, like you're saying, your friend watching that and seeing that we, we take representation for, for, for granted. I think yeah. it's huge. When I was younger and I did gymnastics, you know, I did it because Dominique Dawes, I don't know if you know her, but she was a black gymnast because she did it. And I was like, I, that me, you know? So I think, I think we also have to see ourselves in those different stories too. And then yeah. these people need to let us in. <laughs> No, they won't. You know, or we need to start building our own tables. You know, I, I just was speaking with a mentor and I was like, I'm just trying to get a seat at the table. And she said something to me that was really great. It's like, you might need to build your own table. Yeah. You know, and hey, so I, that might be it too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I even want to see you be in I, I, one of these big streaming platforms acting in one of these films because I, I haven't even seen the shows you've been in yet, but I can tell you are great at what you do. Mm, uh, thank you. And well, I mean, I, I the, the, that's the thing is the only thing I've seen was that YouTube video. But still, I mean, the fact that you had so much fun uh, with that, it, it tells me you, you really put your your heart into acting and that's the most important thing now i i love talking to you there's and we got interrupted by hoops so i'll put that in, on tiktok because i like putting goofy moments on the podcast yes, you should, on you uh, should with the cries afterwards was- yeah yeah she, she cried you're you're probably the second interview that this se- season i would say that got interrupted by hoops because she oh i'm honored be the pro- <laughs> And she doesn't even know who I'm talking to. She just cares about that food and just getting. Hey, you know, I've, I've, I yeah. feel it. <laughs> when you're hungry, you're hungry. Now, <laughs> you mentioned though the vice president. This is something I do want to bring up though. Sure. Uh, just one last thing, kind of. Pl- well, what I'm trying to get at is, yeah. so Biden is our new president starting January 20th, and yep, president elect. Yep. Yeah, there is this concern that some people of color do have, and I, I did look at that concern. I do think that is important because sure. I, I think they're referring to back in the 90s or not in the 90s, somewhere. Yeah, actually in the 90s. Get what year? But there was this infamous thing biden and even call call me god dang i can't pronounce her name for some reason kamala harris kamala Kamala harris Uh i'm getting it kamala harris but anyway (laughs) you may have heard about the crime bill and this is something that people bring even people on the other side bring up as to why not to vote for biden is that crime bill yep yeah Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, it, it's an argument I've heard a lot of, but I think it's it's a valid argument. I'm not a, I'm not opposed to talking about it. This is I would say this in general, because a lot of people would connect that with Kamala also calling Biden a racist fairly recently and then turning around and being his running mate. Right. And so that's like hard for people. They're like, wait, what? You know, and the crime bill is further behind in history, but it's still relevant, you know. Um, so and this is kind of what I would come to for a lot of people. Um, um, okay, I'm going to be very transparent. My, I am, I am a Bernie Sanders lover, uh, very much so. In 2016 to now, I worked on his campaign, just phone banking, nothing, not a paid position or anything of that sort. But, yeah. um, you know, he as his politics um, and his sort of history and consistency has completely blown me away. And the fact that he got to where he got without, you know, using big money, I think is 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 incredible. You know, you would ask someone if that was possible, and they would say no way. And I think I think Bernie Sanders is profound in a lot of ways um, in a real sort of rock star in our political system. Um, So I will say that. So obviously Biden was not my first choice for a Democratic nominee. But this is what I will say about the crime bill and about um, 
you know, Kamala joining him. I think, I think we have to hold space or maybe not have to hold space, but um, he has, he has shifted politically many times. If you look at his political history, he has shifted quite a bit. Um, And I think we have to obviously see that, that he is not in the way that he's been speaking and what he's been doing. And even the people he's signed up to his cabinet cabinet, like, he is standing by the words that he has said now. Yeah. And I think we have to, and it sucks to say this because sometimes I'll say, don't let go of the past. Um, but I think we do need to and not forget, but potentially forgive um, and move forward with Biden. Now, th- this is conversations I had with my with my Democratic friends, even like they were like, I can't back him. I can't back him because of that. And I'm like, okay, we have to look at this picture. We are a two-party system. We are looking And we knew when he was the nominee, we are looking at Trump and we are looking at Biden. Obviously, the third nominee, um, what's her name, is a (laughs) non-factor. We are looking at these two. Say it again. Kanye West. Oh, yes. Uh, no, which it was, what was the woman? third person. I'm like, that, well, that, that, is, the, that is third person. I think right. it was third person. Right. Oh, we, we, we'll have to hold, do a whole new Zoom on that. <laughs> but anyways. He was not even in the ballot, by the way, in my area, so... Anyway, that's a whole other thing that we can get that we can get into. I just I I just try to send good vibes to him, healing vibes, and I hope no, he gets no, what he I, needs. I, I, he's he's celebrating um, his birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, sorry, long way to answer your question, but like I think we're we at the end we're looking at these two guys, and and you know a lot of people also would use the crime bill, but they would also say like if you're black, uh, you're not black if you don't vote for me. You know, he said that on the Breakfast Club show yeah. interview with Charlemagne, like. With Charlemagne, like he, so that was a really like Biden. If I if Biden was my homie, I'd be like, why? Why would you say that? Well, but I think um, something I noticed, like when I watched that clip, I even see like his expressions. Like he even thought, like, okay, why the heck did I say that? Like, I yeah, don't oh, you could you could you could comments. kind of feel it of like, yeah. oh, that was not yeah. that I was trying to say something, but that's what came out. But anyways, yeah. I'm not excusing his behavior because it wasn't okay. No, I but. Agree. I think when we put them, you know, Biden and and Trump side to side, I think if we want to talk about racism and we want to talk about what people have done politically in their past, specifically about race, there's no question. There is no question who, for me, is the choice that is going to advocate for my, for my, for who I am and also for who I am as a woman. It was, the choice was crystal clear. Does it suck that we have to forget or forgive some things, but not forget? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hence why I was a Bernie Sanders supporter 100% because there was nothing that we needed to forgive because his past has been crystal clear. But I do think that if you compare him to Trump, there's, and and we're talking just about, about race, there's no question. There's no question. If you, even if we just go on like what people have said, right? Like you saw the first debate, if you're not able to condemn white supremacy, you have no business being the leader of this country. If you're not able to do that. And I don't care if you go back later and say, well, I'm, I'm denouncing it now or I'm not no if you can't do it in the moment white supremacy if you can't do that in in the moment of a debate goodbye you've showed us who you are so you know and people will argue well Biden's just talk well now it's time to see and hold him accountable you know I thought it was really profound at his speech where he said black people have always had my back and now I have yours and you know we need to hold him accountable to that but for someone to say that that says a lot to me too yeah you know that was that was a profound thing to say (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, I mean, my thought is that I, I want to see what they do before I 
jump the gun and just think that he's going to be possibly as bad or because i saw that tiktok too there was actually a black woman who said uh yeah uh, trump he's inherently racist but biden is actually worse than trump because of the crime bill i i just like okay well well trump tried to send an army to possibly shoot you for wanting your right so yeah Uh, yeah it's it's i don't i don't see like i I mean i know i'm not i i'm not of, of color but i'm i'm even just from the history that I've known of how he's treated different people of color, I'm like, I haven't seen Biden go that far to like lock uh, Latino and or Hispanic people up in cages. Yeah, well, the cages is a huge argument too because they're like, well, they were made during the Obama administration. But the thing is, this is why you have to look stuff up yourself because sure, you could hear that and be like, oh my God, but they were made to hold people for, I believe, 48 hours tops, maybe 72. I might be wrong about that number tops. It was, that was never made and he would never, and they, that administration would never separate families. So those weren't made to hold people for months and then separate them from their families and then lose their family members. Yeah. Like this is, so comparing the two is just not, the arguments are not often in my opinion, feasible. No. It's sort of uh, it's sort of without facts, and it's like, yeah, okay. If you say like, who made the cages? Obama. Okay, he's guilty. Okay, sure, <laughs> that might look like he, yeah. he's worse or something like that, or, or him and his and Biden's administration is worse. But you need to look at the facts, you know, a little bit, a little bit uh, more in depth, in my opinion, because they the facts are there. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely agree, lady. So you know, you're sitting at almost 14k on TikTok, which I know that may or may not be on the because I know TikTok. If you get to a certain amount of followers, then you get paid, and so you become become a full fledged content creator on there. Same with other yeah. platforms, but you're still rising. That's still great. That's a community of people watching you on TikTok. Of course, also on Instagram, you're growing as well. You're growing in all, all places. I think is this really awesome i am proud mm, of you thank you what is oh, probably you. the next thing for you as far as any, like regarding what type of roles you want to be in because i know this is the the uh virus is not gonna last forever there no. is a vaccine on the way next year now there is debate whether or not how effective it will be whether or not you're going to have deadly not deadly but side effects that aren't going to be a walk in the park i did hear that right uh, right. I even talked to a friend that is kind of scared about taking the the vaccine because of how quick it's being produced. And vaccines sure. usually take four or six years. So yeah. again, we don't we don't know for sure. We just have to see, just like with Biden, we have to see how next year plays out. But yeah, absolutely. How do you even adapt to that as far as an actress of okay, what what roles are you going to take now? Like. I mean, you're probably, there's probably different projects that you want to be a part of too. And Lady, I, I definitely, definitely encourage you to try Netflix or any of these big streaming services to just get yourself on there. Yeah. Uh, on Prime, like it's just a big streaming services is kind of taken over movie, movies even. So I Absolutely. think that's a good space for you if you can find ways to work there. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um Thank you for saying that. That's really, that was very kind of you. Um, it's funny on TikTok. I never started it 
worrying about um, views or followers. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for the people who have followed me because it's a it's a crowd of really amazing intellectual folks, and it's it's exciting. Like I get excited for the my the people who watch my videos often will will comment, and I'm like excited to see their comments or what they know about this topic. So it's been like a really amazing thing, and I'm just honored that people would follow me. It's like you want it, you want to hear more of this. All right, let's do it. Um, and I do actually have a movie that I shot during COVID and um, it got picked up by Amazon Prime. So it's yeah. called Zoom.mov. We shot it all almost 100%. I shouldn't say that on Zoom and it's edited on Zoom. Um, and we sort of the script uh, or the story of it is relevant and based off of um, based very loosely inspired, let's say inspired by yeah. uh, real real lives um so it's called zoom.mov it's on amazon prime um yeah and don't pay for it i i can send it to you if you want to watch it okay. um so that's there i should have said that but i think my next steps um i like that tiktok is not about money for me or about getting more followers and it can just be a really like thing about enjoying it yeah um because i've had a couple friends that are obsessed with getting more followers they want to make well, money on tiktok well, and was, so when mm -hmm. i was even referring to followers i wasn't like oh oh my gosh you're gonna be like the next i don't, I don't even know james like, charles or who yeah who's no no I, I was, i'm looking at it as like the work you put in of just your voice on tiktok the mm -hmm. fact that people are listening i yeah. look at that as not like oh my gosh you're getting famous i look at that as like no matter what's go what you may be going through of course as you mentioned all the things the fact that you the the support that you've got the uh, is going to contribute to your future yeah. projects and you absolutely know, maybe when COVID is over you throw a LA party and then all your TikTok followers jump <laughs> uh, yes when we get the vaccine yeah. um or or we find some sort of solution know, who knows something. what our next steps are but yeah totally um and I think you know my my main goal is to be on a, a streaming show or a, a television show as like a as a regular character. I think that's like the the long term goal. And I've had some close calls, but nothing has landed yet. So I think that's the like sort of future. So I'm hoping for that. Um, but I will continue to you know make my own material no matter what I do because yeah. um, it, it gives you know it's in, it gives me life. It's it's it should it should that is what you that's what you kind of work so hard for exactly uh, and. Uh, where do people find all your work and find you and everything? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm on Instagram, Tristan Avelina Cunningham, sort of a long one, but it's my full name. Yeah. And um, uh, I'm on TikTok, but it's just Tristan Cunningham one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have like, uh, well, I mean, I don't I, do Twitter. No. I haven't ventured that way, and I probably shouldn't. I spend okay. enough time on social media. All right. <laughs> Well, Twitter seems like, vicious too. People go in. I'm oh like, no! Well, they go in any. They go in anyway. Like in on TikTok or Instagram, oh, yeah. there's going to be every social media website's going to have that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's wild yeah. on TikTok. Like, um, I try to anybody who is a real troll and like really inappropriate, I try to call them out. Yeah. But I've experienced. People have told me like you know through this uh, political battle on TikTok, people have said horrific things horrific things and most of them the common denominator is they were trump supporters and oh, yeah. um yeah and it, it it's you know so i just want to like anybody who you know maybe isn't on tiktok yet or whatever there are some people on there that are that are pure evil i'm certain of it oh, so no, just be aware of that definitely 
definitely they're, they're playing because it's oh i mean i have thick skin but like some of the things i was just like it doesn't hurt me but you're not going to talk to me like that okay. you know <laughs> you shouldn't take that well yeah. this i'm sure fun. you've experienced it too it's it's oh yeah even when you're talking about black i i that same person that i responded to about biden versus trump who's worse there was a commenter that said uh you know she she's actually right i'm hate to, i hate to say it but also all the people who support black lives matter they're just a bunch of white women i'm like what what the heck I, I even just well, looked at the no. comment before I deleted it. And then I just decided, you know what, that, that is not worth my time. No. 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 Like ask that that person, what is the name of the three founders? No. Three black women. I'm not sure what, you know, Alicia Opal. <laughs> like, I'm not sure where you're getting that information. Like what? No, I even. Yeah, I, I actually like, was. Does not even make any sense? Like Black Lives Matter is really just white women trying to uh, stir things. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah, it's I was at I actually wound up at a Trump rally. Um Oh my gosh, Lee, you, why are you doing that to yourself? I drove by a Trump rally. It was a very okay. small one. Um and there was a young girl there who had a Black Lives Matter sign and a Bernie Sanders shirt and they were sort oh, of physically okay. surrounding her. And I just, it pulled my heartstrings. And so I like double masked up and I was like, I'll stand with her. And I have a Black Lives Matter sign in my car and I stood with her. And um, yeah, just the sort of, you know, this guy asked to interview me there. He had blue on, but then afterwards I saw that he had a Trump shirt on. And yeah. so he asked to interview me and then he was asking me about Black Lives Matter and the details of it and and he was trying to trick me and and assume that I didn't know the origin of it but I I moved to LA from Oakland I I've worked with Alicia Garza I I got the honor of playing her in a play so I've I, I know her very very well not her personally but I know I've, I've met her a couple of times but I know who she is politically very very well she's one of the founders so I was like, you know, he, and he was trying, he, he picked the wrong one, but he was trying to get me to trip up and see, and be like, see, you don't, you just, you just tagged onto a movement that you don't know about. No, sir, I do know about it. So I think like people really use Black Lives Matter. They try to use it as this, yeah. you know, this was a movement made in response to Trayvon Martin, you know, yeah. where people are asking, just basically saying that their life matters. Yeah. So it's like, you're not going to take that movement and use it for negative. Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or label it as a white woman's movement. No, well, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, what you did that that was great because if I saw a Trump rally and there there was nobody about Black Lives Matter, I, I would get the heck out of there because I've seen <laughs> videos of them and they're kind of violent people. Yeah, but, I actually um, had a I don't know her name. I had a white ally, a woman. She stayed there and yeah. she watched us the whole time from afar to make sure we were okay the whole time I was there. Yeah. Um. So I don't know who you are, woman, but if you see this that touched my heart so deeply yeah she just kept checking in with me are you okay or do you feel okay had no idea as soon as i was ready to leave she left too so yeah shout out to allies shout yeah. out to allies so this will be on pond Express, which is on any audio platform you can find on on any podcast hosting platform spotify soundcloud uh, i mean apple podcast if you listen on somewhere it's probably there 
And also on Facebook slash Ponds Press, Instagram slash Ponds Press, Twitter at Chase Pond 64 is who I am on there. And also TikTok, which video versions of this will be on TikTok and on YouTube, Ponds Press, of course. We have two events coming up and I'll mention actually the second one. So I'm earlier I talked about a charity marathon and that is Extra Life. So it is a marathon devoted to providing entertainment. So people who are interested, they donate to local hospitals. And especially mm. this year of fighting off against COVID-19 is a good time to bring laugh and bring joy. So for the holidays on December 19th, we're going to be eating uh, holiday treats, some very sugary goods, and then playing some games together, uh, live stream for about six or seven hours, just a little stream going there through the afternoon. So that'll be fun. In fact, maybe one of the goals about it is that if you were to die, uh, and it would ha- so happen to be during our stream, you died eating cookies and having fun. And your last words were, <laughs> Hershey's. Okay, then, I, I probably got enough for that. <laughs> no, I mean, the commitment. I Yes, I was still just, the, I was getting the picture in my head. <laughs> I've never seen that happen. Does someone die from eating a c- cookie and having fun? That, no, I certainly that, hope not because okay, cookies are great. Yeah, don't act, don't actually do that for real, but uh, maybe fake <laughs> die or I don't know, but Right, yeah. like a scene, anyway, a scene, a scene in a movie. Anyway, a, a goal to help hospitals prevent other people from dying is what the real deal about it is. That would be so <laughs> ironic if that actually happened, but it would be uh, horrible. No, no, you'd be like, okay, cut this off right now. We're we're not doing this anymore, <laughs> lady. I I just love talking to you. I, I it's been probably, and now I'm gonna cut some of the fat as far as me stopping the deal with my cat down but uh <laughs> no i i am i am the last one talking to you lady and definitely yeah touch. you're just and i i do a podcast about entertainment i talk about movies and games i even mm. go to local film of course not now but there are local film festivals here in texas and dallas area some people actually come from la if they got independent films or shorts that they premiere at the dallas theaters Mm. which we even also have a denon black film festival as well for films directed and starred like for black men and women Mm. but i mean also with dallas video fest as well but it's just that we have despite as you mentioned being a red state and i think this is where you're seeing sort of the conversation we had there are there has been some diversity around here uh yeah whether whether there's hate there's all there's also love too and i've seen that absolutely quite a bit and absolutely and and i talked to someone i will say in that light i talked to someone who um is a is a proud republican in in texas um i talked to many on my video some happier about my video and some not, but um, who voted blue this year and um, because they felt they voted country over party. So I think that that's important too, um, that, you know, just just because you, you know, red side, blue side, just because you're on the red side doesn't mean that you don't care about this country. Yeah. You know, and I had a, a few people tell me that and and they, they wanted me to know that. And I absolutely, you know, just my excitement about it going blue wasn't necessarily saying that because you vote red you're a bad person it was just excited about you know no no i I, in this specific election (laughs) i get you i get you i get you i love the happy face you got that tells me that you're (laughs) there is a bright future ahead and hopefully better anyway there is you have a good one i'll talk to you later all right it's been a pleasure yes stay in touch